Amen. So it's really good to see everybody this morning. Uh, Pastor Don's with me again. We're going to continue in our For Men, Women, and Couples Only uh, series. This one here is a, what we call a pivotal moment in the series. And uh, it's really a um, um, thing we're going to talk about. It's really kind of uh, been misunderstood in the past, um, been abused in the past. But we hope to bring uh, God's clarity to it. I um, want you to take notes. I want you to really uh, open your ears to hear what the Spirit of God is really saying. Um, and really um, learn. I mean, me and Ms. Donna, we sat down and, and worked on this, and then last night we came together and said, wow, we had, we had a, um, God revealed a lot of things to us through this, this, this part of the series here that we didn't, you didn't know about. So uh, who's ready? Yeah. All righty. So we got, if you have your Bibles, we're going to go to Genesis chapter 3, verse 7. Genesis chapter 3, verse 7. And this is uh, after the fall of man. And I'll get and unpack a few things as we go forward. It says, Then the eyes of both were open, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. Now, if you know about the, the um, Bible just a little bit, you know in the very beginning, God created heaven and earth, and then God created man and women under his own, under the image of God, that we call the Imago Dei. And how many know before then everything was pure? They lived a life purely for God. God was their thought pattern. Everything was taking place. And then we had the enemy come in. Um, Satan came in, and the devil came in and basically um, deceived man, uh, Adam and Eve, and then we had the fall. And what you see here now um, is after the fall, one of the first things that happened, it says here, they were, they, they, uh, their, both their eyes were open, and they were naked. And then they tried to cover themselves. What happened, whatever was pure before then became perverse afterwards. And then thoughts, different thoughts started entering their minds that didn't have to enter their minds before because God took care of everything else. So everything we're talking about now, how God put everything together, he created us perfect, he created us pure in the very beginning, and then the enemy came in and perversed it, which stopped us from... Um, talking about certain issues because we think it's shameful, but it isn't. It's pure because that's how God decided to have it. And what we're going to do unpack today is when you hear this, this statement, um, what men are visual means. How many of you heard God created hardwired men to be visual? How many know that? Men, we always joke about it. We don't like um, a lot of writing. We like pictures. If the Bible had pictures, we probably would read it more. Right? So we're more visual than anything. And we're going to unpack how God hardwired man to be visual. And we're going to look what happened in the very beginning, how everything was pure, and then went off the rails afterwards. You're tracking with me. So what we want to do is unpack what does it mean when it says men are visual. And it all starts from the very beginning. Everything we're dealing with today, guys, is um, post-fall. When man fell, and everything we're dealing with today is the fallen nature of man and women, of mankind. Prior to, everything was pure because God, they were working through God. Now when they became and their eyes were open to good and evil, then they had to learn how to decipher that. Problem is, we're all bent to go um, to the other extreme, not be pure, but be uh, in a perverse area. So why is it so difficult for men to not look and what we're going to, and so hard to forget what he has seen. 
And we're going to unpack that today. If you know, I talked about in the very beginning how God created man and woman. He created us evenly. I mean, um, get my way. Perfectly. Perfectly. And he, he creates uniquely. When he did with man, with us as men, he created our brain structure. And then he mixed some things, a chemical mix, in our brains that we walk around with that makes us extremely visually oriented. Makes us extremely visually oriented. And whatever we see, depending on what we're looking at, it opens up what we call the reward circuits in our brain. I'm going to unpack this. How God created to be so visually oriented that when we people, when you look at something, we, get, we, we want to have, we want to grab it, we want to conquer it, we want to we um, take control of it. But that's the way he hardwired us. Now, when you look at it, they, they, they did the survey on this series. It says, basically, it's difficult for a man to ignore, stay with me, to ignore attractive female, ignore attractive female images. What I'm saying is, if a young lady was getting up to um, give a, a, uh, a talk or give a, a briefing, whatever they call it, and she's dressed nicely in a skirt, nicely tight, everything else, and a man looks at her, the way God hardwired her, he's thinking, what does she look like under the dress? He can be prone to go there and not really want to go there, but he can be prone to go there. It says 98% of men are drawn to look. And when they receive an image, it says 87% says this, this image becomes a photocopy in their mind. And then we see this photocopy, then it will pop up at times when they least suspect it and when they don't want to. Now, I'm going to give you something practical. If you're married, how many of you have noticed the men, you don't have to raise your hand, your man having a lingering look, and you caught him, and he gave you the old story, I have something in my eye. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now I got you laughing. Because y'all are like, oh my gosh, are we weird? No, you're not weird. That's why I'm packed. You're not, guys, you're not weird because this brings shame. A lot of guys, and, when we, and then we don't talk about it in church because, oh, that's perverse. No, no. God created this pure, and we need to bring it back the way it ought to be. Make sense? So he has what happens when he sees it and it pops up involuntarily out of nowhere. Then he has his urge and impulse to enjoy that which he sees. What would it be like here? I'm making some women uncomfortable and I'm making some men uncomfortable. I understand that. But we need to realize how God created us perfectly and how it got perverted through the Bible. God's the ultimate creator. Satan is the ultimate counterfeiter. And we, we, it's pure, we look at it at its dirty. It's not dirty. What I'm talking about is not dirty. Just talking about how God created us and how we're in a war, that men are in a war, that we have to, we struggle with it. We don't like this. 
we don't understand this, and we want help for this, because we don't, sometimes we don't understand what it's about. And we've been taught the other way, get yourself together, man, because you're weird and all that other stuff, and you, if you have, you're married, what's wrong with you? you? Are you out of your mind? Yeah, kind of. But they don't understand it. It can be frustrating. It can be shameful to talk about or even admit. And what he's saying here, basically, you see it. I'll tell you how it plays out. How many know the story of David, uh, King David? King David, 2 Samuel chapter 11. He was walking around the palace, and he saw Bathsheba at a distance and another on a roof taking a bath. He noticed her. He saw her, and then he went, home, he went back and started thinking about who she is, and he sent, his arm, he sent his assistant to go get her. He came and got her, then he slept with her and went into this, trend, this thing of sin that we call sin, this thing that he actually fell into sin, sin against God. And went all the way until the man of God, Nathan, came back and told him, David, what you're doing is completely out. It wound up, in fact, it, it went so bad that he wound up killing, uh, have not, he didn't do it personally, but he had it, her husband killed because he was deceived on what was going on. Where did it start? When he saw. When he saw. Which, along with the, what we see, that's when the battle comes up, we have a chance to make a choice to either dismiss it or dwell on it. And every man has to make that choice on a daily basis, depending where you live and where you work. It's unescapable, because culture has built it into that it's going to be unescapable. I call it us men, women, let you know, we walk around in, in, a, in a place full of landmines. Cultural images, everything we do, if you see it in visually, since we're a, hot, we're a hot media culture, everything we do leads back to sex. If you drink a beer, you're going to have all the girls. If you watch the Super Bowl, all the commercials. Now, people can't sing, but they can not dress, so you watch them. Half of them can't sing. But why do we look at them? Because they're not dressed. They know that. Now, women, here's the other side. You combat and you fight to look like that which is not real. And we don't want you to do that. You're God's child. Men, you're God's son. And culture doesn't just, you don't run into culture. Culture comes right to your doorstep. Those teenagers that are in the other room are in the biggest battle of their life. Me and Pastor Don was trying to figure out, did we have to deal with half this stuff growing up? No, because when we got home, TV was just there. You, didn't, you only saw TV after you did your homework, then you went to bed. You didn't have a phone. If someone called, if it was past 10 o'clock, you didn't pick it up. We didn't have phones. You trusted they were going to come home. You didn't have Snapchat. And someone, oh, was that? We didn't have pop-ups. When we have pop-ups, that messes us up. Come on, somebody, right? And then you call God, you want us to be holy. And not shameful. And it's starting with the young kids in middle school. 
And ladies, this is not something that's meant to make you insecure. Right. Because God created you to be who you are and don't try to be anybody else. One of the things that we learned when we were studying this was that men have been taught wrong. They have been taught to be ashamed, yeah. that they struggle with this, and that they are wrong, that there's something wrong with them. And then when we looked at the scientific side of it, and we realized that God lights their brains up in a different area than it lights our brains up, we then understood. We have the same brain. Their brain just lights up in a different place. Right. Now, does that make them wrong? No, it's what they do with what they see. And here's where we can help. You know, Richard mentioned uh, in first service that I go to the store, and I know even um, there's another lady here. She and I were talking about it. We go to the store to try to find a blouse or a dress or whatever. Everything's see-through. I'm constantly buying camisoles and little things to put underneath my shirt so that everything that I have is not everybody else's business. Here is how we can help, ladies. We can be discreet. We, now that we are learning these things, you know, I remember when we ran track, and I look at how they run track now. Okay, there's a huge difference in how the girls are dressed. Right. So, you know, we think about, oh, we'll put our boys in sports and we'll keep them busy and that'll work. No, because the girls in sports are dressed. Maybe that should just say they're not. Mm. You know, the, the sports clothes that we wear now are very different from what we used to wear. Yes. They're all tight and they're all form-fitting. Yeah. And that is not helping these guys at all. They see something, and what he was talking about earlier was a lady giving a briefing or something, and she comes in and she's dressed very nice. It's very difficult for the man to pay attention to the briefing. Yeah. But, men, it is not impossible. Right. You have to concentrate on what you want. Are you there to get the information, or are you there to get the girl? That's it. Are you married and happy, and do you want to stay that way? I cannot tell you how many marriages have broken up from us not understanding, ladies, us not understanding that this is how God wired them, and not getting offended and not getting frustrated, but instead of humiliating them, affirming them when they try to do the right thing. In other words, when they look away, when they don't engage that when we see them get up from the television and walk away because some commercials on or somebody's shaking everything including the earth <laughs> come on now you know when we see them do that we need to say say something to them say thank you or i appreciate that or i saw what you did thanks because if they're trying then they're trying because this is not something they want. He said it earlier. Men don't want to be this way. No. This is the way God created them. They don't want to be this way. It bothers them. They don't know what to do with it, so they do the best they can, most of them. Christian men try to do the best they can. But look, you guys need each other. You guys need each other. Don't walk away from relationships. It's good. It's awesome. No, really, the landmines, like she said. It's landmines. Here's the thing about the landmines. They're destroying husbands, boyfriends, and teenagers. And here's the other thing. Families. And families. Here's the other thing. 
unless you're born again, blood bought by the name of, the, of, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is impossible to win this battle. Yeah. Now, I want to tell you, men, if you don't think you're in the battle, you're already lost. <laughs> Fathers, it's impossible for your sons or your daughters, because it's affecting women too, mm -hmm. to win this battle unless they know who Jesus Christ really is and they know who they are. Yes. Because they're the number one, they're the, um, there's predators out there trying to yeah. get them yep. to see the images. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're programmed to get, go after them. Yep. If you want to know, you just stop by the police department, the youth division, he'll sit down and give you a whole history of what's happening around our city. But when we're slack as a man or a wife, we pretty much open the door for Satan to come in. And we don't want that. It's too things life is too valuable for that. But we got to know who we're fighting, and we got to know what we, what's going on with this. Here's the thing. When we talk about temptation, it's not a sin. Only when it's acted upon, like David acted upon, it's not a sin. And when you look at it, you're saying, Pastor Rich, is that kind of be new? And I says, when you look at Hebrews chapter 4, 15, when they talk about Jesus, for we do not know, uh, we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, which was a strength becomes a weakness to a man this time, but one who in every aspect, everyone say every aspect, every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Jesus Christ himself, fully God and fully man, has dealing with the issue that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Without sin. Sometimes we kind of we put that in the component. Well, Jesus didn't deal with that. He had to, no, no, no. Every temptation he had to deal with. He had to make a choice. Do I dwell or do I dismiss? Though I wrote the book, I'm, fu I'm fully human and fully God. He wasn't an angel that floated over everything. He walked through it so he can give us hope that we can conquer Amen. it. And he already conquered it, so we got to remember that it's just tricks now that we already been, we're already conquerors, so all we got to do now is work it out. Work it out on salvation with fear and trembling. When you think you don't have an issue, you already failed. It doesn't matter how old you are. When God said, it will never happen to me, you're ready, there you go. And what we've done, we misdiagnosed the problem in Christianity. When I look at when you look at today, the Bible, Jesus understood this because he said this in Matthew 5, uh, 28. He says, but I say unto you that any, everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. He upped it. If you look at lustful intent, you already committed adultery. Now, what we call in the cult cultural context today is, especially in the, in the house of God, well, brother, I didn't, have, I, didn't, I, wasn't a, I didn't commit adultery. I had what you call an emotional affair. No, you sinned. You committed adultery. In your mind, if you worked it out. Come on, somebody. When you, when you misdiagnose the problem, we definitely misdiagnose the solution. And the only solution is, is Jesus Christ himself. Now, he sympathizes with our weaknesses. 
I love this because there's another scripture. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says this. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to who? God is what? Praise the Lord. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with temptation, he will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Now, this is where we look at the scripture and say, well, God never will tempt me beyond my ability. It doesn't say that. If you mess with that, you're already falling. It says that he gives you, basically, the power that we have to endure it comes from the Lord. The grace that we have to endure it comes from the Lord. That's what he said. For the power, the grace and the power that I extend to you, that's how you're going to endure it. Now go over it. You're going to endure it through that power. Apart that supernatural power, that's, I cannot do it through willpower. Come on, somebody. I'm going to stop smoking any. No, you can't. I can stop drinking any. No, you can't. Not without the supernatural power of God. Because it's a spiritual war. That we're dealing with. And any man that's by himself is in a bad place. Because we cannot do this on our own. One of the things that men need to realize is, and this is something that um, it may actually shock a couple of you. But you know how... Sometimes we take a little bit longer to get dressed, and you're like, what in the world? And she done put on three outfits and talking about, she don't have nothing to wear. (laughs) Does that sound familiar? Have we ever done that? (laughs) Quit pointing at your spouses, (laughs) y'all. There's a reason for that, guys. You're her mirror. Right. You are her mirror. It is your responsibility to tell her how beautiful she is. When she's getting dressed and she's putting on two and three outfits, she's trying to find, it's not about the clothes so much as it is about how she feels about herself, Mm. okay? So if she is asking you how this looks on her, she wants to know, she wants you to, to tell her how beautiful she is because now, especially with this awareness that we have, In this room, at least, we know that when you see someone that is attractive, that you can't help but look. So we need you. We need the man in our life to affirm our beauty. And it's not just the the physical beauty, but it's the the internal beauty as well. I can have 15 mirrors in the house, but he's my mirror. He's my true mirror. If it's not good with him, it's not good with me. And oftentimes what I'm asking is not how I really look. I'm I'm saying to him how I feel about myself. Mm. That is what we're saying to you. So I encourage you to make sure that, you know, have a little bit of patience because guess what? She's getting dressed for you. That's what all that is about. All that putting on clothes and two and three outfits and why she goes to the store and buys clothes when you think she's got two closets full of them. It's not about the clothes. It's about how she sees and feels her about herself. If she doesn't feel, she, I can have two closets full of clothes, but if I don't feel like anything looks good on me, then I think I need something else. Okay? Not, I'm, I'm, I'm not a shopper, so to speak, at all, 
but when I do buy something, I make sure that what I'm buying is something that I feel good in, that makes me feel good, that makes me feel comfortable, and that I know he would appreciate. I'm shopping thinking about him. So when we come back with clothes, um, we're wanting you to say, when we put them on, we're wanting you to say, because I'll take them back in a minute. I won't take the tag off. I'll take it back in a minute. I don't have no issues with taking stuff back to the store. <laughs> but listen, it, it's really important to us for us to know that not only do you see beauty in other people, but that you see beauty in us. Mm -hmm. Now, we need to affirm or, or, or um, appreciate you as well and to let you know that we appreciate you when you do look away. But we also need to hear that we are beautiful to you. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And like she said, it's putting back the things the way they ought to be. Um, what got me through this message, which convicted me to the hardest, I was a man, I was, I was hammering guys without understanding guys. You got to get better. You got to get better. You gotta, and and they're, they're frustrated and they feel condemned because they don't think it's getting better. Because they don't know, and we didn't know what kind of enemy we were really fighting. Mm -hmm. But really, it's a strength that's been turned into a weakness. But we can actually use it as a strength to do great things for one another to help one another. Because every man has a choice. You're going to, again, we're going to either dwell on something or we're going to dismiss it. And the tools to do that is really through the word of God and being in accountable with one another, with men, especially with men, being together and able to talk about these things in a free environment, which led us to just talk about on a Sunday morning. I mean, it shouldn't be called shameful when there's, there's a problem. And I know some guys will go home tonight and the lady, your wife will ask her, are you dealing with that? Not really. Give us some time. This is very sensitive. Men feel, I mean, feel shame beyond recognition. Mm -hmm. And you got to watch the cultural drift if you have a young daughter or a young man about how they dress because everyone wants them to not dress for success, yeah. dress to look out. The problem is when you dress your daughter up in certain outfits. Or yourself. Some man's going to come dress her down. And it's It's real. And it's going to happen younger and younger and younger because young men don't know what they're fighting against. If the dads don't know, the young men don't know. And, they get it, and this, this phone has crossed a lot of generations. Yeah. A lot of generations. Yeah. What I wanted to share with you was uh, Job, the, the great man Job, who said he was right with God. He was holy before God. He was, he was a man of righteousness. He had to say something in um, Job 31.1. I have made a covenant with my eyes. How then could I gaze at a virgin? What are you saying? When I gaze, how can I look? I can't look at her in lustful intent. I have to look at her like my sister. I got to look like she's my mother. How do we do that? What he's saying is, what he realized, he recognized that the eye is our main avenue for temptation. That's what he was. That's what he know. Even Job noticed that. Now, ladies, I want to encourage you on some things. Before he does that, I want I want to I want to share something. This is one of the um, 
things that is very difficult for a woman to deal with, to, to see the significant other, her husband, um, looking at someone. And I want to read something that one of the ladies wrote. She said, I haven't been able to come to grips with my husband looking at other women. He's not into pornography, for which I'm thankful, but sometimes I see him looking for quite a bit longer than just a glance at other younger women. I cannot describe the hurt I feel when he allows his eyes to take in every detail. I think otherwise very wonderful men don't stop to think about how this makes a woman feel. That figure my husband is looking at clarifies for me his deepest physical desire, and I look nothing like that. This leaves me feeling like I can never be what my loved one really wants. That lingering gaze is what she's talking about. We understand that you see, but it's that lingering gaze. So men, what we're saying, what am I saying to you? I know you see, but you also, like the word of God says, you don't have to cross the threshold is what I call it, from temptation to sin. You can look away. And that is what we are trying to encourage you to do. The choice is yours. Men have to make that choice on their own. The choice is very much yours. But the consequences you will own. Amen. Ladies, I want you to be encouraged. He can actually see a beautiful woman without sexual temptation. He can actually see that. When I met Ms. Donna, I, was, I met Ms. Donna in Las Vegas. Nevada. I was on the road for about three months. I was in the Air Force on a team, and we were running around. It was a um, world championship team, and I was working. And we, we got into Las Vegas, and we were working, working, working. Something told me when I pulled up into my hotel room, something's wrong. It doesn't feel right. And that's when God was like, I was walking prophetically. I didn't know what that meant. But when I walked in my room, I found out all my clothes were stolen. He took all my clothes. They left me a pair of shorts and my uniforms I had. And, uh, and um, it's amazing, uh, miraculously, my roommate, no one stole anything from him. So, but he had some weird characters in the room prior to that. So I was going to quit. I was going to go home. And I talked to one of the greatest leaders I, I dealt with, uh, Sergeant Mulvey. He was an amazing guy. And he said, Rich, you got to give it. You, you're in charge of this. You got, you're in charge of a lot of this. You got you to get see us through. He says, give it one more night and give me a day. And I, I think it, I said, I'll give you a day. Because I'm getting out of here. I don't like this hotel. I'm going to sue them when I get out. Anyway. Um, so I was late getting to work the next day. The one that was running the meeting was Ms. Donna. She was running this meeting. Ms. Donna's a type A personality. Boom. I have 100 meetings to do, and I don't have time to hold up. You can hold up my meeting. So I walk in there. Basically, I have attitudes. She recognized. She'll tell you the same story. He walked in. I don't know who he thought he was. Anyway. Uh, and they kept saying, we can't start till Rich gets here. And she said, who is Rich? And uh, so I walked in there, I had an attitude, because I lost everything. And I looked and gazed across the room, and I saw this lady with that hair and that uniform, and I forgot about everything that was stolen. <laughs> but it wasn't sexual. God spoke to me, that's the woman you're going to marry. And then we act, wind up talking and, and, ha and having fun and uh, hung out, and time went by quick, and I forgot, I heard, learned that she was um, logistically over that hotel, and they felt like they found out she was logistically over, over that hotel, and they said, "Well, we'll pay you." They gave me free meals, they paid me money for my clothes because they didn't want they didn't want her to cancel the contract. 
I said, okay, no problem. Give me more, give me more. Anyway, uh, and American Express replaced all my clothes. And amazing got things. got paid to, twice. Yeah. And uh, hung out with her, and, and the time was coming to an end. And I'm like, we got to leave. It's the last day. And we hung out that night. I said, man, I don't want to leave. I, it's too early. I want to keep talking. And I love this girl. Anyway, so I, and that time I was launching airplanes, so I'm launching my, she took me down. I'm launching my last jet. I launched it out, sitting out, and I was hoping he was going to break. If he broke, we'd be here another couple days. He didn't break. I'm like, come on, man. So I'm, he takes off, and I'm like, okay, she gets in the car and drives me. All the way to the, uh, to the airplane. I'm like, this is my last chance. Come on, God, please. You know, I don't even know you, but please say, do something. Anyway, we're in the plane. The plane runs. Like, I'm like, man, we're about to leave. I'm going to leave her out there. And the thing went, went down. And they said, the plane is broken. I'm like, oh, poor thing. <laughs> so I jumped out there. I was the only happy one there. There was a party that we were going to. I was in charge of the party. I can care less. I sat down with her, we talked the whole time, and then she had the workers to get out of there. We got home late that night, but I didn't care. I did not care, because I saw the one that God had for me, and I was amazed. It wasn't about sex, it was about my friend, my best friend. It's possible, ladies. It's still possible today. Relationships are not built on sex. It's about who God gives you. Don't put that in the main deal. That's just the benefit. It's being with one another all the days of our lives. Other thing is, discipline makes a difference. All men are different, but discipline makes a difference. And ladies, I want to encourage you. You got men in this church who are amazing. But we build, we build things, and we have a big retreat coming up. So you can help us. You want to help yeah. yourself? Help us. We got a big retreat coming up where these issues are talked about. If he hasn't signed up, take him at the end of the day, after the desk out here. That welcome desk and make him sign up. It's 40 bucks. We'll leave here um, 4.30 on, on Friday. We'll be back at least 4.30 on Saturday, the next day. Sign up. Because, guys, we can't do this on our own. It's impossible to be disciplined on my own and be accountability on my own. This thing makes it impossible. Unless you have software and guys who are checking your phone before you check your phone. To make sure what you've been doing this week, this work, this week Rich. Like you see the board members I have here, they have my phone. They can open my phone anytime they want to. I want to be accountable because, guys, you got to realize we're not that good at it. And apart from, the, um, from the, the power of God, that's the only thing that keeps my mind straight. So discipline does make a difference. But you can help a man be disciplined because yeah. so you got to take what he thinks shameful and see how vulnerable he can be and make him victorious. And, guys, you are not losers. And if you go on, right. on our trip and you come up and say, God, I don't want to tell you, Pastor Rich, why not? I'll tell you. I'll tell you the struggles. I'll yeah. tell you the battles. We're men. Yeah. So God created. He hardwired us prior to the fall. Remember, don't let the fall shame you like they were shamed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another thing is not because you're undesirable, ladies. Listen to yeah. me. Some of you are dating. It's not that you're undesirable has nothing to do with that. And don't try to turn your life into some image that's been yeah. spray painted on the screen. Yeah, come on. You're God's child, daughter, and you are wonderfully made. Everything God said about human was very good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that you can have a fall if you want to, but he can't take away his very good creation, and that's you're right. very good. You measure up with what God says to you, not what society says you ought to be. Yeah. Amen? Amen. I'm preaching now, ain't I? Yeah, go for it.
It doesn't, and it, here it is, it doesn't impact his feelings on you. Man, he just feels horrible if he falls. Feel like garbage. Feel like less than a man that I'll let you down. He doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to be that way. He's not looking like TV world. That's what predators, they're not predators. We're not predators. We're just trying to live a victorious life that's already been played out for us on an everyday struggle. It's an everyday struggle. The greatest thing for a man to realize that you're in a fight. When you don't know you're in a fight, you already lost the fight. And the other thing is you can't isolate yourself in this fight. We need one another. And we need to be real with one another. Otherwise, the greatest creation that God created was you. You'll be snuffed out and not fulfill everything God has for you. And his God, his, his what Satan's job is, not to destroy. He wants to destroy you, but he wants to discredit everything that God created. Yeah. Yeah. And we are his jewel. And he knows that. If I can discredit the man, if I can have him fall, if I can have him have an affair, and he got children, if I can push the man out of a church and he don't come back yeah. to church, his sons and daughters won't come to church, yeah. and they'll be out there uncovered, untouched, and beat up, and then they're going to grow up and grow up and have a definition of what life is really about from the world, not the church. Yeah. That's how important it really is. We are, the, as men, as we, what we're building for this place, I'm not going to see all the things that God's going to do here. But we got to prepare a place for them to do that. That's how important it is. I don't care how young they're older. That's why I love preaching the gospel. Not moralism. Moralism, I'll I'll get better. You can't get better. It's impossible for to get better. We only need the power of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ that brings transformation. Now, moralism, well, I'll get better. And how long does that last? And we're looking around, oh, I thought we were done with all that. No, we never was because you moralized it. When you transform it, then we're done with it. I need to sit down. Amen. No, go for it. Get up. (laughs) I still got last scripture. Anyway, (laughs) he's doing that to me. Anyway, he said I was going to do this. Uh, It's how important it is. It is. It's how important it is. It's important to bring up on Sunday morning. You can read up on men's brains. Going to science, I I said, well, you crazy? Yeah, I wanted to figure it out because it it helped me not be a bad man basher. Because I was a guy, you better get it right or get it wrong. Go, you got to go. No, you don't understand. Mm-hmm. When you have it, you know how to fight it. And I see teenagers, all that. Yeah, all Young that. college students, all that. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to fight. You already lost. Mm-hmm. And they don't need to fall on something that's counterfeit. Yeah, yeah. You're created better than that. Amen. Men are created to, lead, to be men of God, yes. women of God, yes. transforming the nation, not the nation transforming them. Yeah. We live by the values of God, yes. not the values of the world. Amen. And we don't fight like the world because we have, and we have weapons of our warfare, not carnal. That's right. Mighty. Pull it all down. Mighty. Capture every thought. Mm. This is what I want us to do as a, as a church. I want you to pray for the men and your sons. And I should have added daughters. Yeah. You got to pray. Yeah, yeah. Every generation, we got to pray. What are we praying? Praying is so powerful. You got to pray for your husband and sons to win the battle of the mind. You got to pray. What are we praying? 2 Corinthians 10 5, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. 
take every thought captive to obey God. What are you talking about? When he's sitting there and that person's talking, I got to take every, I got to take all my thoughts captive and obey Christ. And yeah. what obey Christ is you honor them. You don't destroy them. You don't look, you look at them as a brother and a sister, a sister and, a, and a mom. Don't look at them as some sexual thing. You got to take every thought captive. And I'm praying for that. Now, I can only do that together with him and with you and with you. Can't do that by myself. By myself, we're, we're, we're done. We're done. We can't join it. We're done. It's impossible. I've never seen a long ranger be successful. And most ran, long rangers are so shame, feel so much shame, that's why they buy themselves. And the devil's a liar, because when, when you disengage, you disengage from your destiny for you and your family. Yes. Y'all getting that? Yes. That's how important. Our kids, I mean, like Nehemiah, you got to fight for your kids. You got to fight for your parents. You got some of you are firstborn generation. Your parents are not savior. You got to fight for them. You got to pray for them. The young ladies coming up and the young men coming up, you got to pray for them. How we do that on our knees and have the grace of God for each and every one of us. We don't destroy men because of how God created. I don't destroy women because they don't know either. Convicted me when I read this. I'm like, man, I used to bash, I'm bashing guys all over the place. And I don't understand what they're going through. They're getting beat up on a strength that God used for, as a, a devil used for as a weakness. Wow. Wow. Am I supposed to let you share something? No, you're good. Okay. Guys, I'll be going to room seven to meet the guests, but you got to fight it together. The men's retreats this weekend can give you tools how to beat this thing. But I'm not doing, I'm not, that's not a shameless plug, that's reality. Accountability software. Account- men accountable. Us guys get together. We have a plan on what to do to make sure a man in here don't fall. When you're talking about praying man on man, man on woman on woman, we do that by design. If they see a man with a woman, we bring the wives over right away, and we step back. Don't think I'm, I want you to lace. Is he really uh, unsociable? No. No. But if my wife's here with you, that is security. Here, guys, you got to know yourselves. And apart from Jesus, I'm nobody. We can't do it on our own. We got to break through the fear. We're all weak. But we got to break through the fear and bond together so we can do what God calls us to do in the city. Amen? Give the Lord a hand clap. Put up Genesis 3-7. Thank you, but the Holy Spirit gave you that. I like when the Holy Spirit speaks. Put it up, 3-7. Did I mess you up? Okay. Then the eyes of both were opened. And I'm praying that the Holy Spirit opened our eyes this morning to what's really going on. And they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. No, we know good and evil, but we have a greater God. Remember that. Everything we're talking about, guys and women, ladies, is after the fall, not before the fall. And we can't say it doesn't exist. It does exist. And it started right there. Imagine, after the fall, the first thing we saw was a brother kill a brother. 
How does a brother kill a brother apart from, well, they're apart from God? That's exactly what we're capable of. And we're seeing at college camp, I don't want to see another kid pulled off a college campus with child porn. That's real. Right? That's real. We don't talk about it. Well, I don't fuck if it's one of us, especially when they're a believer. Well, how do you get caught up? He didn't understand. The fall. So apart from the fall, apart from Jesus, nothing. Let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning. You created us uniquely. Father, you also created us divinely. You created us very good. Father, I thank whatever we've heard, how we received, I pray we heard with our heart first, not with our heads. Father, I pray for every man here, God, who's in turmoil, shame, and guilt. Father, I pray your blessing over them. Let them know that you're a man. You're a man for the hour. And let them know their strength and vulnerability. There's strength, Lord God, and reach and help. There's nothing that you didn't battle Now here we are to battle, but you were victorious, and Father, we are victorious. One thing is identification, Father, and I thank you that you identified many things, and we're believing God right now through that identification will come transformation. For your glory and our good, I pray for the ladies here. Let them know, God, when you finished creating them, you said they were very good. They're a jewel of your creation. Let them not be intimidated by what they see, which is not real, the counterfeit, but Lord, let them know that they're wonderfully and beautifully made in your image. God created them the same way. Let them not be labeled by culture, but only be labeled by you. Father, I pray for everyone here, young, single, engaged, those who are single again, as they're waiting and meeting new people, let them meet someone who knows you so they can grow together over a long, over a lifetime. We bless you and we thank you this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.